awesome. How you guys doing? You doing okay? You need to sing another song? I think we should. Let's do it. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive the King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Hallelujah. Great good news of great joy for who? All the people. Hallelujah. Well, you made it. You made it to the last Sunday before Christmas. You even made it through the rainstorm. That was the craziest amount of rain. What was that, Thursday and Friday? I have a pic- I'm not going to show you the picture, but I, it was amazing. I was in Seattle Friday afternoon, and I took a picture of something I don't think I'd ever seen before in Seattle. Do you know what it was? Umbrellas. umbrellas. It was. It was like, it was like seeing the platypus, like like umbrellas right there. Umbrellas in Seattle. I can't believe it. Well, we're finishing up our Advent series today. I want to thank you guys for going on this journey with us. It's funny, I said it was like seeing the platypus. I meant to say the dodo bird, but but I've also never seen a platypus before in real life. So, But that's funny. I love my brain. Uh, it's literally crazy. Well, I'm really proud of you guys. You guys are making this commitment to make real tangible changes this Christmas season. I know every week we say we're squirming in the seats, but I think it's good. It's powerful for me to witness you guys actually changing, actually letting the Lord into your lives, taking back the reason for the season, taking back Christmas, that it would be a season fully committed to Jesus and worshiping Jesus. I I have a gift for you. I'm so proud of you guys. If any of you need a gift for somebody, uh, we've handed these out to you guys before. We're just going to do it again. They're the following Jesus books uh, that kind of give new Christians or new believers or maybe seekers an opportunity to really kind of see what Jesus is all about. I have 20 of them there. Just go ahead and take as many as you need as I'm uh, preaching today. If the Lord brings someone to mind, you're like, you know what, that would be the perfect Christmas gift for them this season. Please pick one up. If we need more, I'll get more. But honestly, uh, as you are thinking about your loved ones, there's a lot of gifts we could give, but the best gift ever given. He has a name. What is his name? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. So please take one and give it. As a gift, I also want to thank uh, those of you who have been interacting with the daily devotionals that I've been writing. I hope you've enjoyed reading them as much as I have enjoyed writing them. And and it's really been fun to get some responses from you guys, get some feedback. Uh, Today we're on day 22 of reading about the true hope, the true life that is found in the Christmas story. For me, it's been uh, uh, actually huge. It's been a lifesaver. It's been a life support in many ways to have the Bible and these verses about Jesus just kind of being breathed into me, spoken over me every day. Has anyone else benefited from that? I mean, just in the midst of our culture and our society to get every day this daily dose of who Jesus is, not what culture says about Jesus, but what the Word of God says about Jesus, who Jesus is, piped into my heart, my mind, my soul. I mean, aren't you thankful for the Word of God? Also, church, do not, I mean, we got, what, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th. A lot can happen in four days. Have you noticed that? So do not try to go through the next four days without getting that word inside of you and putting on the full armor of God. I'm really happy today, by the way. I'm happy. 
I've, I've preached like twice in six weeks, so I've been just dying to do this. I'm really happy to be up here and to preach with you guys. The, the series, oh, thank you, that's, thanks, Dad. The series has been amazing. It's had a huge effect on my life. That's a good thing, right? When church actually has an effect on your life. I mean, I, I've never wanted to just kind of go through the motions on a Sunday morning. I mean, what a waste of time. Actually, I think Sunday mornings are quite valuable. We live in the most beautiful place in the world. There's hikes to be gone. There's rivers to river. I mean, there's things that you could do on a Sunday morning. So if I'm going to come on a Sunday morning, I don't want to just check the box. I want to be transformed by the power of the living God. I'm reading a book right now uh, by a guy named Nick Goff, and he's talking all about how to bring the power of God and the supernatural movement of God into your normal, everyday life. And I, I love what he says. I don't think it's original, but he puts it in the book. He says, information paired with application equals transformation. And I think that's what we've tried to do, right? That we're actually applying what we're learning on Sunday mornings. I mean, if there's ever been a practical series, it's the series that we're currently going through. To be changed by the power of God as we apply what we're, what we're learning. If you remember, way back at the beginning, the first Sunday, Laura Ranow, who's in the back, wave to us, Laura. Laura Ranow uh, preached on worshiping fully, that we would worship Jesus, not just during the Christmas season, but in all seasons. Two weeks ago, I got to preach the message on spending less. That we're in a culture that loves money, loves possessions, loves things. And, and not that I was against any of those things, but that we would take a moment to pause and invite Jesus back into our spending. Right? Invite the Holy Spirit back into our bank accounts and say, God, help us. We want to make conscientious purchasing decisions. I don't want to be a slave to the lender. I don't want to have to pay off the debt in January. We chose to spend less. And then Jeremy last week, I loved Jeremy's message that we actually spend less so that we can give more, that we can give more. That Bible Project video, how good was that on generosity? I'd encourage you, check out their videos. Uh, So good uh, that we serve this generous God. If you remember, he talked about this generous God who provided in that garden with Adam and Eve more than enough. It was this garden where we as humanity could trust in his goodness, trust in his provision, trust in his generosity. And then sin and rebellion has separated us from God. But Jesus came and he brought us back into a right relationship with God. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus brought us back into the kingdom, back into that garden relationship where we now as believers trust once again in a generous God who has given us all that we need. And now our response, My response is to live underneath this generosity, this kingdom, this goodness, this kindness of God. And now our response is to receive that generosity, including the most generous gift ever given, the gift of his son. We live in that generosity and we respond to that generosity. How? By being generous to others. What a good concept. Can we grab a hold of that concept, church? Do you believe that you live underneath the umbrella of the kingdom of a generous God? Hallelujah, amen, and amen. We received 13 cards from you guys last week on generosity. I wanted to read just a couple from you. Thank you, by the way, for responding with those 13 cards. The week that I preached on spending less, you guys wrote zero cards. (laughs) And after I found out that there weren't any good jobs on Monster.com, I came back. (laughs) And Jeremy... Uh, 
You did 13 cards for Jeremy. <laughs> you can tell I'm still processing this out loud. Here, here, here's some of the ways you guys said you're going to give more. I, I just love this. You said giving a personal letter to each grandchild this year, telling them about each of their gifts that the Lord uh, has given them, but also how much he loves them and how he wants a relationship with them. I love that. Uh, God is showing me a dollar number to give now. He has been nudging me since September. Yes, Lord, I will give it all, for you have been so very good to me. Praise the Lord. I will give more in my time. That's so good. Being mindful to slow down, to look at people, to engage, and to encourage. Most importantly, that they are loved and valued in Christ. I'll read one more. Um, Oh, no, never mind. That's it. Well, you got to edit up on stage. We're not going to read that one. <laughs> but there, uh, the other ten of them are up on that board. You can read them. But I am proud of you. I'm, I'm proud of your generosity. I'm proud of your hearts. I, I'm proud of who you are in Christ. That whole video, the Wayne Ferris, Cindy Ferris church plant, um, you guys need to know you've now uh, pledged over $7,000 towards that church plant, which is incredible and amazing. Uh, this is the last week for you to turn in those pledges. So again, uh, if you have a pledge card or if you need a pledge card, we have the basket in the back and go ahead and put it in there. Again, make the checks to LifeSpring. At this point, 100% of the funds will go to LifeSpring to a church plant account. And then when they're ready to launch, we'll just give all that money to them. Uh, two weeks ago, it was pretty neat. I, I think I showed you a picture. My office was just full of coats. You guys overwhelmed us with this coat drive. Uh, this last week, my office was full of, anyone in my office last, last week, it was full of what? Presents, like so many presents. I didn't understand this until Jesse told me this last week. Um, you guys, there was actually 75 tags on that giving tree. Did you know that? So you guys gave presents for 75 kids. I just want to celebrate you guys. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amazed by Christ. And you also, it was fun to have my wife up here. I hope that encouraged you when we gave that report, the list of the ways that you guys are making a difference in this community. I think that list paired with the global missions list we gave a couple of months ago. Again, I just hope it encourages you that you are a part of, and, and this isn't my term, it comes from a guy in Yakima, but that you are a part of a life-giving church. You don't have to be a big church or a mega church to be a life giving church, but you are a life giving church because of Christ in you, because of how you are awake right now in the power of the Holy Spirit. His life is spreading through you. I, I get it. M- many times some of you guys will ask me just like, hey, how long am I staying at Life Spring? Or, you know, when, when are you moving on? Or those types of things. I'm just telling you, it is hard to think about being anywhere else than right here because of the life that I see in you, but not just in you, working through you. So today I want you to leave encouraged because when I introduced this series to my team back in October, I just want to share my heart a little bit. When I, when I talked to them, hey, we're doing this Advent conspiracy, uh, I explained to them it wasn't because I thought that I needed to teach you in some way how to live this way. Instead, I told them that I wanted to actually highlight and allow the Holy Spirit to show and shine His light into these areas where you are actually doing quite well. But I wanted to come in, and I feel like the Lord asked me to come in and to cheer you on. That you would be motivated by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. You might want to write this down. To grow in the areas where you already excel. To grow in the areas where you already 
excel. I've, I've touched this just briefly when I came back from sabbatical. But there were some powerful truths that I learned on sabbatical. One of them was this. It was a key takeaway. The Lord showed me that he wanted us to press into and move deeper into the areas where he is already moving. Does that make sense? So, so instead of us trying to be good at everything... Have you ever been a part of that church? That's, by the way, exhausting. <laughs> Instead of trying to be good at everything, we would allow him to show us where we as a church are uniquely wired, gifted. And, and, and the, the churches, that was really funny. That was like a mumble. <laughs> but churches, we all have a different DNA, right? We all have a different makeup. But there are things about LifeSpring that make LifeSpring special. The fact that we have eight people on our preaching team. The fact that we have life groups that are bursting out the seams. The fact that we have Sunday night classes. No churches are having Sunday night classes these days. But we have classes that are full on Sunday nights. The fact that we partner with other community organizations. The, the fact that we partner and share ministry and collaborate with other denominations. <sighs> these are big parts of who we are. It's where the Lord is blessing us. And I just felt like during sabbatical, the Lord was just speaking to me, Danny, I want you to go deeper into this. And I felt like this was the phrase that he gave me. Watch what I will do. So that's the heart behind this series. With that, here's our final message, simply titled, Love All. Love All. I want to start by reading a passage, and if you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. You know, even as a little guy, I read the Bible. I I didn't always understand it, but I liked it. I know uh, we all have different experiences in our journey, but for me, I I liked it. I I thought it was cool. Um, Anyone else, when you were a little kid, go to the back page to see how it all turned out? (laughs) Totally did. And was like, and if you take anything out of this Bible, a curse will be upon you. The Bible scared me, too. I'm just going to say that. That's probably not very pastoral of me, but it still scares me. I mean, I like it, but we're reading Revelation this week in our daily Bible reading plan. I mean, I like it, but, oh, God, like, have mercy on me. Have you ever said that while you're reading? Like, oh, like, I've done every one of those things. Oh, Jesus, help me. So, uh, I like it, but I'm also kind of scared of it. Matthew 25, we're going to read the sheeps and the goats. You ever heard of the sheep and the goats? I like it, but it kind of scares me. By the way, if you know the story, which one do you want to be, the sheep or the goats? You want to be, yeah. What's, okay, we might as well do this. What do the sheep sound like? <laughs> what does the goat sound like? <laughs> oh, so good. So we want to be bah, sheep. So there's this guy. Anyone ever heard of a guy named Keith Green? Keith Green. He's a little before my time, but I got a real emotional actually thinking about it this week. Uh, my brother Doug, the, ah, nah, the, he bought me a piano book. It was the first Christian piano music I'd ever uh, heard or listened to or learned. And guess who it was? It was Keith Green. It was the first Christian music that I learned. It radically changed my life. I felt like he was speaking my language. And and even the way he played piano highly influenced my style of playing the piano. 
And he has a song called The Sheep and the Goats. It's a long song. I'm not going to make you go through the whole thing. I'm not going to play the whole thing. But it's, he goes through the passage in Matthew 25. And so I want to put up the first nine verses up on the screen. And at the beginning of the song, it's the beginning of the passage. He's talking about when Jesus returns. He's going to separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Right? You've heard this passage before. And Jesus is now talking to the sheep. And he said, hey, sheep, come into your kingdom, right? Into my kingdom. Take your inheritance, sheep, because you did all these things. And he, and he gives a list. You did these things for the hungry. You did these things for the thirsty, for the strangers, for the sick, for those in prison. In verse 40, this is so powerful. And many of us, you know, this is like our life verse. And we hold on to this. And he says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, finish it with me, you did for me. But now he's going to talk to the goats. And I'm going to let Keith cover this section. Now, you've got to remember, Keith was crazy. Like, he was a radical, radical Christian. This is also 1978. So this is before half of you were ever born. Just remember the context. But I, I think you're going to enjoy it. Then he shall turn to those on his left. The go. Depart from me, you cursed ones, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was naked, and you never clothed me. I was a stranger, and I not, and I not, but you told me to go away. I was sick, and I was lying there in pain, and I waited for you, but you never came. I was in prison, and I rotted there, waiting for you. But I guess you had more important things to do. Depart from me! You cursed me. Lord... There must be some mistake, Lord. Uh, when? Lord, when were you hungry or thirsty, Lord, and we didn't give you something? I mean, Lord, would you like something now? Won't you angels go out and get the Lord a hamburger and a Coke or something? You're not hungry, Lord. Oh. Well, Lord, uh, when were you naked and we didn't clothe you? I mean... Your chest size, Lord, that's not fair. But Lord, this is something I gotta know. Remember you a stranger, Lord, and we didn't invite you in? I mean, we looked out the window every time, Lord. There were a lot of weirdos and creeps out there. I mean, Lord, that just wasn't our ministry, you know what I mean? You didn't want us to cast our pearls before swine, did you? Oh now, come on, Lord. When you sick? I mean, how could the Lord get sick? What did you have anyway? Or in prison? I mean, you were in prison? What were you in for?
As you have not done it to the least of my brethren, you have not done it unto me. That's all there is to it. And as much as you have not done it to the very least of my brethren, you have not done it unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting fire. But the righteous into everlasting life. is what they did and didn't do. <laughs> I like it and it scares me. <laughs> All right, Blast from the Past, kind of a creative way to read our passage today. Uh, again, the passage and the message is entitled, Love all. And, and, you know, I think just like they needed it back in 1978, I believe today we need a fresh outpouring of the revelation of that truth. That we would receive, again, a fresh outpouring of the truth of Matthew 25. That's what I've been praying for this week, that you would experience in this room, experience and feel the truth of this passage. Not just in a way that could, like, pat you on the back, but in a way that would actually be deep, meaningful, transformational whether it's for the first time or as a refresher, that whatever we do for the least of these, church, we do for Jesus. We do for Jesus. You know, uh, maybe you'll agree, disagree with the statement, but I, I kind of feel like we live in a cynical world. Cynical world. I looked up cynical this week. Cynical, to be distrustful of human integrity, to be distrustful of human sincerity cynical and so when we come across the hungry the poor the sick the prisoner we aren't filled with some great compassion some great sense of wow like man we got to do something for them because you know like when we serve them like we're serving jesus no i think actually if we're honest a different spirit rises up and i think it's time for us to allow the holy spirit back into this part of our lives where we might I mean, really, wherever we might be on that scale of loving people, of serving the least of these, that all of us would invite the Holy Spirit back in to help us move forward in love. To move forward in love. That the least of these in this world, they want to just hear the words of Jesus. So many of us are so good at quoting the words of Jesus, but they would actually see the life of Jesus flowing in us and through us. They want to just hear about our love, but they would see our love in action. Right? That they would see the Holy Spirit flowing through us. That they would see the fruit of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. That they would see in our lives and everything we say and do, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you know that in this area of helping the poor, helping the hungry, helping the sick, the prisoner, if you know that you struggle, that a different spirit rises up, a different fruit rises up. Use this moment to invite the Holy Spirit to come back in, to bring His Spirit into what we say and what we do. Because here's the deal. When you come to me and you're like, you know what's wrong with the such and such and such, or you know what they need to do. You know, that's the big one. You know what they need. You know, the, the, the. Whenever, that is, just in that moment, record your voice and then play it back. 
And let's examine that voice. Examine if it's the voice of a follower of Jesus. Because often the things that you bring up, I can't even disagree with. In fact, the points that people often make about social issues like criminal justice, health care, homelessness, they're all good points. And, and whatever the issue is, you know how I respond. I'm like, yeah. And, and normally I'm like, yeah, I, kinda, I, I think you have a good point there. And I'm cool with having those discussions. It's good. But I've been doing this long enough to notice that sometimes the spirit behind our words and our attitudes is not the Holy Spirit. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, back into the equation that we would love everyone with the love of God. You know where this starts? It's to remember what God has done for us, right? Do you remember what God has done for you? Remember what God has done for us when He sent us His Son. His Son. He sent His Son to a rebellious people. He sent His Son to a disobedient people who had rejected Him and would also reject His Son. God gave the best gift ever to a people who many of them would not receive the gift. Church, now that's love. That's godly love. That is the love of God. That while we were hostile toward God, He reconciled Himself back to us through His Son. Hallelujah. That's the love of God that now, what, lives in us. It's the love of God that we carry wherever we go. The love that you and I carry and express to those around us. Remember, as Christians, we will express a love that often will be rejected. It is a love that often will be refused. It will often be taken advantage of and misused. But church, we're Christians. We aren't goats. We're the sheep. And we love others as God has first loved us. By the way, you're only going to reach out into your community and into this world with a radical love of God if you willingly and intentionally go into unhealthy, broken situations. Unhealthy, broken, messy situations. By the way, just like Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Don't wait. You might want to write this down. Don't wait until things are perfect before you start loving people. I, I promise you... I. I promise you, every global missions opportunity that LifeSpring has been a part of, whether it's Papua New Guinea, or Kenya, or Ghana, or Patagonia, or France, or Romania, or locally, partnering with the community center, partnering with that nonprofit coalition, partnering with other denominations, partnering with the city government, every one of those situations has a certain level of mess attached to it. Some of it stinketh. And there's some, uh, in every one of those, there are parts of it that I just, I have different opinions. I, have, I disagree with some of those different groups. And a lot of people say, well, don't you know that so-and-so is doing such and such? And again, if you know me, my answer is always, yeah, I do. Right? I'm not shocked. Again, these are broken situations with broken people. By the way, when I jump into that equation, hello, I'm a broken person in a broken situation. I got mess, church. That's why we always say that people usually stay about three, four years and they move on. And someone asked me, well, why is that? Because in about three, four years, they actually get to know me. But they're, amen. Broken situations with broken people. And yet our job isn't to come in and change everything or think that we could fix everything. But we come in, and this is why I love LifeSpring. We come in and we're carrying the light of Christ. 
by the power of his spirit. And we bring Jesus into the room. We show people Jesus. And then we step back and we watch what Jesus can do. Because you know what? I've never changed anybody, but Jesus can change everybody. Write that down. I've never changed anybody, but Jesus can change everybody. And just like Jesus came on the scene 2,000 years ago, Jesus is still coming on the scene. But he comes in through people like you and me, right? Emmanuel, we sing about Emmanuel in our services in, in, in the worship times during Christmas season. Emmanuel, God with us, he still comes, but now he comes through us. And sometimes that room that he comes into, we just got to be honest, that room doesn't want Jesus. Sometimes that room is going to reject Jesus, misuse Jesus. But this is always my opinion on the matter, church. I take this very seriously. As Christ followers, we have the divine, supernatural privilege of bringing Jesus into the room. When we walk into the room, what they do with Jesus, that's on them. What they do with what we carry in, that's on them. There is a judge, and he will judge every one of us. Listen to what Romans says. He says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, this is for us. Listen, ears to hear. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, you give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Verse 21, say it with me, church. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, church, we can trust in the Lord. That verse is telling us we can trust in the Lord. It is the Lord's job to avenge and to repay. Our job, what is our job? Our job is to not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That we would bring hope, light, and the life of Jesus into dark places. Life spring, by God's Spirit, He is, even now, to this day, sending us into broken Broken, messy places. But he is sending us into a broken but beautiful world that he will never give up on. When we show up, when we love others in the name of Jesus, Jesus shows up. And here's the deal. I think this is part of the beauty of it all. How, how we're bringing Jesus into messy and sometimes uncomfortable situations. That what, the beauty for me is that Lifespring is now influencing other churches in exactly this area. And this is what gets me so excited about being here at LifeSpring. Because in my position, I have the privilege to meet with other pastors. Where initially, when I talk about these issues, when I talk about how churches can help, pastor will normally say something like, Yeah, I, I hear you, Dan, but we've tried that before. We've tried that before. And by the way, these people, these men and women, they aren't dummies, right? This comes from a place of wisdom. These are smart people. These are men and women of God. But they'll say, we've tried that before. And then they'll tell me how they got burned or how they were used or how they were taken advantage of. Again, messy situations. Or they'll just say, you know what, it didn't work. But then for those of you, again, who really know me, what do I say next? I look them in the eye and I get that crazy smile on my face. I'm like, let's try it again. Let's try it again. I'm not saying we can't make some tweaks, we can't make some adjustments, but let's try it again. I'm not giving up. You're going to have to kill me before I stop. Galatians 6, 9, what does it say? It says, let us not become weary. My wife, you are prophetic. She says it before I even start preaching. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give 
up. Praise the Lord. We've witnessed churches stepping up. Isn't that exciting? The stories that we share of churches around us stepping up. They're trying again. Just Thursday night, we're doing this community dinner. I'm going to show you pictures in just a little bit. But we reached out and we had two other churches helping us serve that dinner, including a beautiful Korean church just down the hill that wants to serve our community, that wants to serve the least of these. And I've had the privilege over the past several months of praying for their pastor. I text him, I email him, I'm just always hoping it's prophetically at the right second. And then I've been meeting with him. And then I invited him to come along with us and serve Thursday night, and we did, and it was awesome. We have a few pictures of our team along with Hebron Community Church and also the Edge down the road. You know, I told you that I was a part of a church that did this Advent Conspiracy 11 years ago. And now there's a book called Advent Conspiracy. And I was reading it this past week. There's a section in there that really gripped me regarding all of this, partnering with other churches, partnering with other ministries. And it encouraged me in what you guys are doing, LifeSpring. I want to read it to you. This is what the authors write. It said, The Advent Conspiracy isn't simply about individuals or single churches giving people a sense of who Jesus is. It's about the entire body of Christ at work in the world. As we worship more, spend less, give more, love all, something begins to form that is greater, I love this, than any single person or denomination. We celebrate other ministries. We focus on places in our own communities and around the world where we can combine our efforts with our brothers and sisters. And as we love our neighbors and one another, the kingdom of God grows and the world takes notice. Loving all is it's not a life spring thing. It's a Christian thing. And it's going to take everybody. It's going to take us partnering with all of our Christian brothers and sisters, even the ones that maybe we disagree on with certain issues, but we are going to join with them in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we will join with them in loving the world and loving God, or loving the world with the love of God. I want to finish with this. Worship team, you can come on up. In many ways, in this area of loving all, it really comes down to remembering what Christ has done for us. The love that God has shown to us and to me. I want to take some time with this this morning in this sanctuary. Just take time remembering what God has done for us. Before we ever attempt to love others, we must first remember and celebrate what Christ has done for us. That's why I had you repeat after me that it was good news of great joy for all the people. That's not just for the person on your left or the person on your right, but for you. By name, he says, I have brought you good news of great joy. Church, it's for us. God has shown us tremendous love in the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. We must remember that. We must remember. We become so arrogant. Oh God, help us in our arrogance. We must remember, church, we are all poor and blind and hungry and imprisoned outside of Christ. But Jesus, what did He do? He came into our lives. He rescued us. He saved us. He delivered us. He came in. He forgave us of all our sins. He made us brand new. 
and set us on a course of eternal life with Him. We have all been given this incredible, over-the-top, amazing, supernatural, awesome gift of eternal life with God through who? Through the gift of Jesus, His birth, death, and resurrection. Praise the Lord. And so now, carrying this divine, supernatural gift, the light of the world within us, now we go into a broken world and we partner with our brothers and our sisters in Christ around the world, not just in, in Edgewood, but around the world. And we show a different, peculiar kind of love, right? Kind of, kind of like Keith Green, right? Not as the world loves, not as a cynical society loves, but a love that says, man, as God has loved me, I'm ready to pour my life out. And I'm ready to love others. As God has rescued me and saved me, I'm ready to share that good news of great joy with all the people. Because Emmanuel still comes. And He comes through us. Romans 5.8 declares, you guys have heard this before, but it's so good. It says, God shows His love for us. And that while Dan was still a sinner, Christ died for him. While I was still his enemy, spitting upon him, cursing his name, rejecting him, rebelling against him, disobeying him, that was exactly when he demonstrated his love for me through his death on the cross. It's a radical love, church. It's a radical love. I'm not against wisdom, but may we never miss out and become so cynical where we lose the joy of receiving a radical love that while I was His enemy, He sent His Son to die for me. We carry that, church. We carry that love into rooms. And I was thinking about it this week because you know what it's like. And many of you, you're right there with me. And you know what it's like. You have this love of God and there's even a joy in your heart. And you carry that love into the room. And the reality is, church, they might reject it. They might misuse it. They might take advantage of it, but that's between them and the Lord. For us, what we do for the least of these, we do for Jesus. Let's live radically for the Lord this Christmas season. Please, if you can, just write out, I I got you cards, Um, just write out maybe another 13, or at least one person fill one out this time so I feel better, but just... uh, (laughs) But write, write out how you want to love all and how you're going to love all as the Lord is speaking and the Spirit is here, obviously, and He's stirring our hearts. Just write out how you can love all and then put it into that gift box at the back before you leave and, and we're going to share uh, with others uh, how you're going to love all. But maybe you've been burned in the past. I get it. Or maybe you've allowed your heart to grow cold or bitter in this area. I get that. I'm human, just as human as anybody else in this room. But let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. What if we do not give up? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All the other, I, I know... I get it. Yes, you're right. But let's do it again. Let's not give up. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?
Lord Jesus, it's hard sometimes to walk on this earth because there are things that are said that hurt us. They, they hurt our hearts. They exhaust us many times when we give of ourselves and we don't feel valued or appreciated or, or the response wasn't what we thought it should be. Something happens to our hearts. We, we lose a bit of that joy, a bit of that adventurous love and, and sacrifice. Something happens to us. We, in our hurt, in our brokenness, we kind of just cower and we, and we shield and we protect and we defend and, and we begin to just close our hearts to those around us. But Lord, would you remind us this Christmas season that we can trust you, that you are a safe place, that we can open up our lives, we can open up every area of our lives, our relationship part of our lives, the financial part of our lives, every part of our lives. We can open it up to you because, Lord, you are a place where we can trust in you. You're not going to take advantage of us. You're not going to misuse us. Even I, I just feel this prophetically for some of you that this week you're going to have opportunities to love the least of these. And this is what I feel like the Lord just told me. That when you do that, you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus the whole time. You're, going to, you're just going to be laser focused on Jesus the whole time. So that when you see that person, when you look them in the eye, when you speak and engage with them, you're just going to be consumed by the presence of Jesus. Jesus is going to be with you in that conversation. He's going to be with you in that interaction. And he's going to, he's for you. He's on your side. He, he, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to abandon you. He's with you in that conversation. And you carry the love and the light and the life of Jesus into that conversation, into that interaction. And then trust the Lord with it. And you can walk away in trusting that the Lord was there. And what happens, happens. But you were faithful to carry Jesus into the room. And you can trust as you leave that place that Emmanuel still comes. And Emmanuel came through you. Because you carried his life. And you did not grow weary in doing good. Come on, we all know that we're all growing weary in doing good. But that's why we need that verse. Because that verse encourages us in our weariness. Do not grow weary in doing good. People think it's easy to keep partnerships with other churches. It's crazy. It's hard. Because there are so many messy things about it. But we know, Lord, it's good. We know that you want to come not just to the church of Lifespring. You want to come to the church of Edgewood. You don't want to just come to the church of Edgewood. You want to go to the church that's in the Washington State. You don't want to just come to the church of Washington State. You want to come to the church. We're the church. And so we partner with our brothers and sisters for your glory and for your kingdom. That the lost would see a united church that is standing on the word of God by the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us. Give us courage to not give up, but to press on and to do good. And we know, Lord, in the end, we will reap a harvest. There will be a harvest. There will be a harvest. Hallelujah. There will be a harvest. Praise the Lord. There will be a harvest. An overwhelming, uncontainable harvest, says the Lord, if we do not give up. And so, God, we got four days. And in these four days, we will worship fully. We will spend less. We will give more. And church, we will love all. Hallelujah. In God's name we pray. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.